Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. 95.7. The game leading you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. Got a lot to talk about today. As the Warriors win 114 to 106 and move to 17 and 15 on the season. And there are plenty of things that we got to get to from this game. The return of James Wiseman and Kevon Looney. And of course, Steph Curry, who just, even though he didn't play in Charlotte, apparently. Before the game, he felt a little dizziness and decided that uh, that it wasn't a smart move to play, but was able to come back in this one. Um, just the, how they have affected the game and how Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins uh, have just improved immensely. So there's a lot of stuff uh, that we got to get to. But first off... Let's just look back on this month of February. So, triple eight. Not first off, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. Almost forgot to throw that throw that out. I want you to be a part of it too. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Um, but let's look back first on this month because James Wiseman was out after the game against the Pistons on the 30 on the 30th. And I know that the Warriors had a couple of tough losses against the Magic and against the Hornets and you know this month has been pretty crazy because we've been looking at Draymond a lot and and everything that's happened with them but in the words of Draymond let's give the Warriors some effing credit for what they were able to do with a completely depleted roster. Completely depleted. That's a couple of tough words. But I think that we, we really, uh, when we're looking at it on the grand scale of things, we're looking at it game by game, right? And we're critiquing it. But when you take a step back and realize the type of roster that they're playing with, the fact that Juan Toscano-Anderson on a two-way contract came in and was the small ball center and then moved to power forward as they switched Draymond over to that role, they were at least able to muster up a 5-6 and six record ever since Wiseman went down, and they were essentially playing without a big man for the entire time. Now, we can look at Steph Curry and his month of February, what he's done uh, you know, I mean, he was uh, toward the first half of the month. I mean, he was shooting, what, 50% from three. He was lights out. He was looking like the Steph Curry from 2016 when he was, you know, winning back-to-back MVPs. But they immediately lost to the Celtics. 
they got the win over the Mavericks. They split with the Mavericks as they had two straight in Dallas. And they were able to go te- two and two overall on the Texas swing when they faced the Mavs and the Spurs. They beat the Magic, then obviously lost to the Nets because the Nets are just that good. They beat the Cavs. They beat the Heat in overtime, which I wasn't able to talk about since I was out last week. Then they had two straight losses to the Magic and the Hornets, two of which they had double-digit leads, and they let those slip away. And when the two big men came back, they got the win over the Knicks. And now they're 17-15 and 15 on the season. I'm just saying that it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. I think when the two big men went down, uh, we weren't exactly knowing how to react to any of that. So shout out to the Warriors for even sticking with it and having a 17-15 and 15 record at this point in the season. Okay. But I do want to know from you, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. What stood out to you last, or yet, I was about to say last night, in the afternoon yesterday as the Warriors beat the Knicks 114-106? to 106. So there are a couple of things. First off, he didn't get into the starting lineup, but James Wiseman coming off the bench, he had 15 minutes. 14 points on 6 of 9 shooting. He only had a couple of rebounds, and he was overall a a, a minus 6 on the floor. But he'll get more acclimated as time goes on. But something that stood out to me, and and I could be completely wrong about this, um, but we always use that term, blessing in disguise. We always say whenever something bad happens... If something good happens out of it, it's a blessing in disguise. Well, maybe Wiseman getting the chance to sit on the bench and learn from how the Warriors were playing small ball, I think that he was studying the game and understanding more and more how to play with Steph, when to make those slips off a screen when to make those cuts, because he had plenty of easy baskets yesterday. He had a couple of tough ones. He showed his talent level and his athleticism. He showed all those things, but it looked like even though he hasn't been in for really the entire month of February, it looked like he hadn't really skipped a beat. As a matter of fact, he looked like he looked way more comfortable in the offense. Now, sure, he rushed things a little bit to start out, as he mentioned, and uh, after the game, and his teammates told him, look, you got to slow down, man, just get more comfortable. But you could tell that there was something different about him, and clearly they worked on that when he was able to get back onto the court as he was coming back from his wrist injury. So that was the first thing that stood out to me is just James Wiseman's comfortability in the offense having sat out for the past month, um, you know, and it, it's it's not all go. It's not, you know, you got to get to the next game. You got to look forward to the next opponent. You can't really learn uh, your own team skills. And considering how uh, the, the lack of camp that they had, the lack of training camp that they have, that they had uh, earlier before the season, I do think that, uh, that, that, that Wiseman has ultimately benefited from being out for that amount of time. Now, did the Warriors benefit from that? Not necessarily, but I do think that you can use that phrase, it was a blessing in disguise, uh, when it comes to James Wiseman. Kevon Looney, being back in the starting lineup, he only had tw- he had he only had 20 minutes on the floor, and sure, he only had two points on the night, but he had six rebounds, he had four assists, and he was setting screens, being in the right position at the right time, getting Steph open, leading him to three-pointers. I thought Kevon Looney looked great, and his presence on the floor alone, just at least having a big man that's, you know, taller than six seven on the floor, uh, it, it was good to see uh, Kevon Looney out there. Kelly Oubre. He had, he was he was on the floor for 36 minutes. He had 19 points on 18 shots and he was one of 5 from 3. 
he didn't have the best shooting night overall statistically. But the energy that he brings on defense is something that's unmatched. And also the energy that he has going into the fourth quarter and closing out the games. The dude is all gas and no breaks. And and, and wait till you hear what he had to say after the game, uh, just about how he performed at the beginning of the season and how he's improved upon that. But it's the same kind of thing with Wiseman that I, I, I looked at with Looney. Maybe at this point, playing without a big man, he has not been that guy who has just been a on, when it's, in half-court sets when they're on offense. He hasn't been that guy who's stationary in the corner. You know, he, he, he's not just sitting in the corner and waiting for someone to get the ball into his hands and then maybe either dribble driving to the hoop or just taking a contested three. He's making the smart decisions, cutting to the basket. Now, he's shooting 45% or almost 45% from the three-point line uh, in February. That has vastly improved. But playing with that small ball lineup, I think, has grown his understanding of how to play with Steph Curry. And that is ultimately the most important thing for every one of these guys is learning how to play with Steph and Draymond, making the right decisions, and that way you can have a good offensive showing. I know you may be thinking it's a win over the Knicks. What does a win over the Knicks mean? Well, if you haven't really paid attention, the Knicks right now are a top five defense, top 10. I mean, you know, top five might might be a little too generous, but they are a top 10 defense right now. They are very good. And that's why uh, going into this game, they were 15 and 16 on the season because of their defense. And I think the Warriors looked really, really good on offense against a good defense. So the way that James Wiseman benefited from being on the bench and learning that way while he was injured. I also think Kelly Oubre benefited a little more too with that small ball lineup, having to make those cuts because in the final minutes of the game, uh, Kelly Oubre was absolutely crucial in order for the Warriors to get the win, not only on offense, but on defense as well. And Andrew Wiggins just continues to be consistent. He had 16 points on the night and Draymond Green, Seven points with 12 assists and nine rebounds. The most Draymond Green stat line ever. And there's something crazy that Draymond Green is heading towards if he continues at the trend that he's, uh, that, at the trend that he's going with as the season progresses. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Haven't heard from many of you. I want to hear what you thought of the return of Wiseman and Looney. Does this have you a little more confident heading into the season? Because they didn't look sluggish. They didn't look sluggish. They looked like they picked up right where they left off. 888-957-9570 from the 510. Shout out to all the Bay Area truck drivers. Hey, you know I love you guys. You know I love every one of you who are up right now at 512 in the morning on your way to work. We know that the people who are up at this hour... We have the important jobs. I mean, you know, everyone else has important jobs as well. But I'm just saying, if you are up at 5 in the morning and having to go on your way to work, you know you're doing something important. 888-957-9570. Continue to weigh in. You'll hear from Steve Kerr. That's coming up next. He talked about the return of Wiseman and Looney, the growth of Kelly Oubre, and someone else on this roster who I haven't even mentioned yet who has shown the maturity that you want to see out of a young player. 888-957-9570. Stephen Langford and on the pregame show. 95.7 The Guy. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in on anything on this fine Wednesday, but 
The primary subject today is the Warriors win over the Knicks 114 to 106 in Madison Square Garden. Bouncing back from those tough back-to-back losses against the Magic and against the Hornets and I'm just you have no idea how glad I am that we're coming in here today just talking about a general win not trying to point the finger at anybody not trying to look at who caused the loss and what should happen with this team in the future we saw Kevon Looney in the starting lineup, James Wiseman made his return, and Steph Curry, after being out against the Hornets, comes back and just scores 37 points casually on 22 shots, 7 of 14 from beyond the arc. Just a casual 37 for Steph. And really, without Steph, um, they would not have won this game, and that's plain and simple. You can look at, you know, bringing back the bigs with Looney and, and Wiseman. But uh, and, and even if they would have returned um, without Steph, they wouldn't have won this because if it wasn't for his scoring in the third quarter, making up for the lack of what that second unit just is isn't bringing that that second unit uh, just isn't doing much of anything uh, right now. That starting lineup was uh, plus 12 on the court last night, which is which was huge for them. And uh, it was ultimately what happened in the third quarter to me. Which, uh, which swung the game right around because, uh, the Knicks were winning on the glass. I mean, they had 56 rebounds compared to the Warriors, uh, 41, including 18 offensive rebounds while the Warriors had seven. They had plenty of, uh, of back-to-back chances. Um, but ultimately without Steph, they would not have won this game. We talked about it in the first segment. The return of Wiseman, the return of Looney, and the importance of Kelly Oubre's improvement and how he's been doing. And Steve Kerr overall spoke just about how important this win was for their development and, and, and just how good it was to have all those guys back. Well, yeah, I mean, coming off those two losses that were both so difficult, it would have been really rough, Monty, to, to uh, let this one slip away. So, especially the way we played in that third quarter. It's a really good win. You know, this is kind of what we've been doing all year. We haven't lost three in a row all season. So we've, we've stemmed the tide over and over again. We also, as everybody knows, we haven't won three in a row either. I, I really believe we are close to, to breaking through. I, I've probably said that several times over recent weeks, but given that we're healthy now, we have more options defensively. You know, we would not have won this game without Loon and James. They're just too big and strong. So, you know, we've got more options now, getting healthier. Kelly's playing great, very comfortable. There's no reason why we can't break through and become the team that I that I believe we can. Or maybe break on through to the other side. Jim Morrison, Steve Kerr. Uh, from the 707, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number from the 707. Man, I got fired up after Wiseman spin. They started talking about imagine what next year will look like with Clay and Wiseman with one year under his belt. I I I I love that seven oh seven. I love how excited you are with that. But uh, we I we got to look at this season, right? We got to pay attention to what's going on in front of us because, of course, with next year, the 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 anticipation of Clay returning to the court, you know. Who knows what will happen with Kelly Oubre in the future, but the anticipation of Clay being out, out, out on the court with Andrew Wiggins as he continues to grow defensively with Steph and Draymond and Wiseman with a year under his belt, it's very exciting to talk about. But the anticipation is that anticipation is what I was feeling this year. And then look what happened, right? So I don't want to feel that anticipation just yet, that excitement, because next season you never know what could happen. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, but Steve Kerr mentioned something interesting, and this goes back to what I was talking about. We are. I don't think we're giving the Warriors. I, I, I don't think we're giving them enough credit for how they did in February. Now they came out with an under 500 record, but they didn't have. A single big on the floor. They've been without Wiseman and Looney. Wiseman for the entirety of this month and, and Looney for a majority of it. 
and they still managed to to squeeze out wins. You know, going two and two against the Mavericks and the Spurs and uh, on the road that was huge. Getting the win over the Magic, getting the win over the Cavs, and then getting the win in overtime against the Heat. The fact that they hadn't lost three in a row, as Kerr mentioned, that was the interesting part of that clip. They haven't lost three in a row with a depleted lineup. Now, we attribute that to Steph in the amazing month of February that he's had. Kelly Oubre understanding how to play within that small ball role and, and and making the cuts that he needs to make and being smart on the floor and not just sitting in the corner and, and, and waiting for a pass and, you know, then just ultimately try to dribble drive to the hoop or take a corner three. Nothing's n- nothing that they've done in the past month to me is short of impressive. I, I really don't think we're giving the Warriors enough credit for how they've done this month without having a single big on the floor, having a guy who's over six eight on the floor when Wiggins was their tallest player. Uh, but one guy we haven't really talked about, and you know he was a DNP yesterday, but it was Juan Toscano-Anderson, and Steve Kerr uh, talked about this after the game, and he mentioned that. He did have a talk with JTA talking about his playing time because he's been getting 25-plus minutes a game ever since he was put into that starting lineup when Looney and Wiseman went down. And here's Steve Kerr uh, talking after the game about JTA's response. I talk to our players all the time, you know, collectively and individually. And so Juan and I talked yesterday, and, you know, this is the NBA. So uh, he's in a position where he's just got to stay ready. He was so good over the last 10 games and helped us win games. And now his job is to stay ready for the next time he gets a chance. And he understands that. It's one of the reasons I love Juan. Great energy, great uh, attitude day after day, whether he's playing or not. So that's ultimately what you want in a teammate. And I think that JTA is a great addition to this team. And hearing that, even though he didn't play uh, last night, I do think that that's just the maturity that he's shown there uh, for a young-ish player. He's 27 years old, but um, the maturity that he showed uh, kind of just, you know, he really solidified a role for himself, I do think, on this team. And he needs to be added to that second unit eventually because the second unit is not getting it done. And and from the, from the 5-1-0, the fourth quarter blunder can't go, not scoring on the second team. And if it wasn't for the defense of Kelly Oubre toward the closing minutes of the game, um, I do think they're going to bring in Wiseman at some point. I think they wanted to ease him into this one. That's why he only had 16 minutes uh, on the floor coming off the bench yesterday, and he, he didn't come in in the fourth quarter. But um, they're going to have to do something with that second unit because it was fun while it lasted in the beginning of the year when the second unit was the reason why the Warriors were were coming up big when Steph uh, wasn't shooting uh, at his best in the beginning uh, before the month of uh, before the month of February. I do think that they're going to have to find some sort of uh, role in that second unit for uh, for JTA at some point from the four hundred eight. Not losing three in a row all season will get them to the finals if they can string, string together three wins in a, three wins in a row. Yeah, right. Go Warriors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a tough thing. It's just such a roller coaster every single game. But again, I I really don't think uh, we're giving. I really don't think we're giving enough credit to the Warriors and the fact that they were able to go five and six when without Looney and without Wiseman. Uh, but speaking of Wiseman, Steve Kerr talked about his first game back and just his overall thoughts. He's, here's Steve Kerr talking about James Wiseman. James was great. It was really fun to watch him uh, play out there. It's so great to have, have him back. And, you know, he brings a lot of energy to the floor. Obviously, he's immensely talented. So to, to have him out there to, to really impact the game and at the same time learn, uh, he's getting a lot thrown at him. All these defensive coverages, we changed up our defense quite a bit tonight throughout the game. And, you know, everything's moving pretty fast for him, but he is just an incredible athlete and an incredible young, mature guy. He's going to have such a great career. So, so fun to see him out there. And we're just trying to bring him along, you know, at the right pace to uh, help him develop, but, you know, to make sure he's learning properly as well. And 
I'm going to go back to what I mentioned in the first segment, and I'm going to come off as a broken record because I'm probably going to talk about it a couple of more times uh, as the show goes on. But I do think that it's appropriate to use the term, and maybe we could come up with something different, but it's, it's, it's appropriate to use the term a blessing in disguise when he was hurt and he was sitting on the bench and he was, he was really, he's not just sitting there stewing. Waiting, you know, sitting there sulking, waiting for his chance to get into the game and just, you know, talk, thinking about how sad he is to not be on the court. I think that Wiseman truly used this time that he had in the past month to really study how to play with Steph. Because when JTA was on the floor and they were playing that small ball, uh, that in that small ball role, I think that when Curry spoke after the game that first time when, when, when they had that offensive explosion, when they, when they went out there for the first time with the small ball starting lineup, Curry was talking about getting back to the old style of basketball and it's just easy for him. And, you know, obviously with a big man on the floor, that's not what, that's not going out there with a small ball lineup. But I do think that Wiseman in some capacity Learned now they're not going five out or anything, but I do think he learned uh, how to slip off screens, get to the basket, and be in the right place at the right time. Um, and his ultimately improved because of it. And I do think that uh, the blessing in disguise phrase is an appropriate thing to use uh, when it comes to James Wiseman because. It, he just looked way more comfortable out there on offense as he had 14 points in on 16 minutes on the floor. Now, I do, in the second half of the season, I do want to see his rebounding improve because when you're going up against a team like this, against the t- uh, against a team like the Knicks, who essentially just have a bunch of power forwards in their starting lineup, I mean, you got Julius Randle, uh, Nerlens Noel, Reggie Bullock, R.J. Barrett, Alfred Payton. That is a very big starting lineup, and I do want to see Wiseman be way more aggressive uh, on the boards as the season goes on. It's not like I needed that uh, last night, but that comfortability that he showed on offense, I think that it should get you excited. Uh, as a Warrior fan, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in on anything that we're talking about today, if you had any thoughts on the Warriors win over the Knicks as they go on to face the Pacers this afternoon, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. We're going to continue to discuss this on the other side. Ninety five seven the game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in, I'm currently watching uh, again because this made me laugh maybe more than anything in the game yesterday. Actually... There are two things that Kelly Oubre did that made me laugh. One, not only did it make me laugh, I mean, it made me, I mean, for one, it impressed me, but toward the end of the game, when you already had Steph just make that unbelievable pass uh, to get him to dunk over Julius Randle, I mean, Steph was being double teamed and he managed to slip away from the double team. I believe it was Todd Gibson who was coming over to give him the help. Um, and then, uh, and then, Steph Curry just I think Bazemore was in the corner the defense didn't know what to do Randall was lost then Randall comes out on the other side uh, uh, uh Oubre's going one-on-one with him and the footwork that he used to get back into the paint and then just strip the ball away uh from Randall and then they hold it and Randall, like it looked like he was about to give it back to Randall because at that point the game was over and there was no chance that they were going to come back that made me laugh not only that but it was what happened in the third quarter when they were up 78 to 65. Then Steph just, it was a broken play. There's nobody else out there uh, on the floor. And Steph just heaves up a three. He misses it. It goes off the back of the rim. And then Kelly Oubre, he goes up and tries to, 
he tries to throw it down even though he's like four feet away from the rib. And here's a, here's his exchange actually after the game with Body Pool talking about it. If, if you if you didn't remember that play or if you have if you kept your eyes off the TV for a second in the third quarter, uh, Kelly Oubre tried to dunk it from the free throw line like like Michael Jordan from Space Jam. Uh, Dalton Johnson from NBC Sports Bay Area tweeted out that gif and it was so appropriate. Uh, but Kelly Oubre talked about it uh, with Pool after the game. Because in his press conference, Kelly Oubre mentions that he thinks he's playing uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. He feels like he's playing uh, at a 6 right now. He feels like he could elevate that, and that's how he felt uh, for the game. But here's uh, Monty Poole following up on that, talking about this missed dunk from 5 feet beyond the rib. Kelly, you put yourself at a 6. Where would you be if you had been able to knock down that spike tip dunk? The crazy one. Uh, <laughs> like a nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was crazy, man. I got fouled, actually. That's the only reason I threw it up like that. But, yeah, you know, referees, you know, they're not held accountable for anything. So, maybe they do whatever they want. So, you really think you had a chance to put that one down, huh? I always think I have a chance. You know, I don't think nobody could really jump on me, but except uh, Derek Jones Jr. But, you know. So if you didn't hear what he said, he essentially said the referees could do whatever they want. They didn't call a foul, even though he should have gotten it. And uh, Derek Jones Jr. from the Miami Heat, you may know him as a dunk contest champion, even though uh, Zach Levine got snubbed in that dunk contest. But Derek Jones Jr. is one of those guys who could, who's one of the only guys that could jump with them. Uh, that was just a funny moment in the game overall. Triple eight nine five seven. 9570. Loving the texts uh, that are coming in, but we do have my man Duriel in San Jose who wants to weigh in on uh, what contributed to that win last night. What's going on, Duriel? Hey, you know, first of all, welcome back, Steven. Uh, Thanks, man. I can't really listen to that other guy that comes on if you're not there. So, uh, <laughs> He'll remain nameless. Yeah, moving on, man. Uh, I think the, the thing that stood out to me was the defense that Ubre and Wiggins played on the guys. The other guys on the Knicks the points that they scored, it wasn't that much, man. And I'm, I'm going to admit, I didn't watch the game uh, because, you know, I got game cast and they blocked it out and things like that. But I do pay attention to the score, and I did bet on the Warriors yesterday successfully. Go Warriors on that, you know. But uh, my thing is keep this, team, keep this team together no matter what and see how it goes this season. And, you know, it's really going to come down to uh, which guy are we going to keep, Oubre or Wiggins, man. You know, they're pretty much in a, uh, uh, you know, uh, showcase right now as far as who's going to be on the team next year, I think, because they kind of play the same position, you know, as far as I can see. And, uh, you know, they're both capable of putting up, you know, big numbers and big amounts of points and everything. So, you know, we're going to be dangerous in the playoffs, man. And Coach Kerr knows what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, go Warriors, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for the call, Dario. Yeah, you know, that'll be a storyline, I think, uh, toward the end of the season if Ubre continues to, to keep up the way that he's going because obviously uh, Wiggins has that the 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 big contract so he's he's uh, he's under contract for a few more years whereas uh whereas Kelly Ubre isn't um but Ubre man, you know, even though he didn't have an efficient scoring night at all the energy that he brings on defense and last night he was huge uh in the in, in the closing seconds of the game because um you know there were the the Knicks had every chance to get back into it they really did um they were just killing them on the glass overall 56 to 41 and uh and and, and that's it i mean like like that, that's what's important to get that when every everybody contributed uh to this one you know, because if Steph, let's just say he continued to be Steph, which is just, you know, scored 37 points with ease by what it looks like. It was on 22 shots, but 7 of 14 from 3, and some of those threes that he was making, including the one off the backboard in the first half, I mean, it's just the moves that he's putting on, it's insane. And if you watch any highlights, by the way, of his 54-point outburst in 2013, uh, against the Knicks, they actually have that entire game uh, on YouTube. So if you want to check that out, but <laughs> dude, that I mean, he's—I mean, what? Eight years later, still doing the same types of things uh, in, in Madison Square Garden. It was great watching him from the five-one-zero. 
this is an interesting question. What is it about Kelly Oubre, uh, not Kelly Oubre, what is it about Brad, Brad Wanamaker that is keeping him on this roster? You may be wondering, because that second unit just, they don't have much scoring uh, uh, off the bench anymore. It seems like they've kind of cooled down from uh, from that heat wave that they were on. Um, Jordan Poole in the G League as the Warriors beat the Iowa Wolves 108 to 95, Jordan Poole had 29 points on 12 rebounds. Um, but here is to me, look, look, obviously the lack of scoring. He's only had two double digit uh, scoring games this entire season, which is what you don't want uh, from the backup point guard because you're still looking for that. But here is to me, the one thing uh, for Wanamaker that is keeping him on the team compared to any of these other guys. Because, look, to me, I don't think if you just bring up a guy from the G League that you're going to get just that true backup point guard for Steph that we're always looking for. You know, I, I think it's appropriate that you want to take a chance at some point. But the only thing to me, the only thing, and I'm, and you know, I'm not saying uh, that he is the backup point guard, but I'm just telling you what I think. Um, it's just the lack of turnovers because what goes along exactly. There you go, 707. As I mentioned that, the 707 texted it in at the same time. We're mind-melding 707. That's what we're doing. Jordan Poole also had a bunch of turnovers in last night's game. Yeah, the turnovers that he had along with that double-double were 10. And that's something that Brad Wanamaker doesn't do too much. That's the only reason that I can think of because, you know, some days he'll have good defensive games, some uh, some he'll not. But on offense, that's not the reason you're keeping him there. It's because of the lack of turnovers. And um, and I think that, you know, an interesting comparison to me with uh, with Jordan Poole as he continues to uh, as he continues to progress in the G League because I do think at some point he's going to be called up. Right, I, I don't think um, I don't think they're going to be sticking with Wanamaker for the entirety uh, of the season. I think at some point someone's going to be called along to replace him, or they're going to have to figure something else uh, something else out. But Jordan Poole, to me, kind of like Joey Bart, um, his rookie season gets a raw deal. You know, um, Buster Posey opts out and and rightfully so he 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 absolutely had his family reasons and you know during this time in the pandemic you know absolutely understandable but that rushed Joey Bart into this starting catcher role which I don't necessarily know if he was ready for that now sure they went out there with Tyler Heideman and you know they had Chadwick Tropp eventually but Joey Bart was expected to be the guy uh, pretty quick. And Jordan Poole, in his rookie year, you know, he, he came in and obviously what wasn't expected was Steph to go out and, and Clay to be out. And, you know, he had to be a starting shooting guard right away. Maybe this time that he'll get in the G League as he takes his time to develop will have him look like a different NBA player when he gets called up. Same thing goes for Joey Bart. I don't think Joey Bart is going to be up on the team next season. I think he's going to be uh, in the minor leagues. And and I know Joey Bart was drafted in 2017, so you're thinking it might be uh, a little different. But he still had not had that many at-bats beyond double-A until he got called up to the to the big league club. So I think there's a lot of similarities there. And eventually, I do believe uh, that Jordan Poole will be called up because he was a first-round pick after all. He was a first-round pick, and he was put in a relatively high-pressure situation. So um, that's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting topic, though. And I think that eventually uh, they will be making a change. But it's not just Brad Wanamaker uh, within that second unit. A lot of them are struggling. Eric Paschal, ever since that uh, injury has been relatively uh, inconsistent. He only had eight points last night uh, on 14 minutes on the floor. Uh, he was minus 15 overall, but nobody in that second unit. Damian Lee didn't have any points last night. 
Um, Wiseman looked good, and you know, Bazemore had a couple of timely threes, but it was the starting unit overall with Kevon Looney back uh, that ended up getting them that win. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. Uh, let's reset a little bit because we've kind of been, you know, going through more big picture topics, but um, in this win last night. There's a couple of things that came to mind. First off, and, and I opened the show with this, and I mentioned this in the second segment, but I really don't think we are giving the Warriors, Steve Kerr, everybody as much credit as we should be giving them for how they've done in February. 17-15 and 15 is not a great record by any means. I mean, it's only two games over 500. But since Wiseman went out... um. Since Wiseman went out at the end of January uh, against the Pistons, and then they started the month of February without any bigs, they still managed to go five and six. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, we still, like, in the words of Draymond Green when he was talking about Bob Myers at the parade, can we give the Warriors some effing credit? You know, and and I understand you're probably gonna come back on me and say, "Well, Draymond was uh, was the reason why uh, you know we lost a couple of those games in the month of February. They could have had a better record." Okay, whatever. But I just think that it could have been worse. <laughs> Looking back on it now, having the big men back, having uh, Ludi in the starting lineup, getting 20 minutes on the floor, knowing where to be and setting screens, it was big. Having Wiseman. Uh, seem like he just understands the offense at this point, getting more comfortable. That was huge. But I do think we need to give the Warriors, uh, you know, everybody involved. Steph Curry, Kelly Oubre, who's, I mean, before last night, he was one of five uh, shooting last night, but he was shooting, what, 45% from three that month? Curry was going off in the first half of the month? Like, I think we need to give the Warriors a little more credit. That's number one. And I just mentioned him, but James Wiseman being back, I think that it was, and I'm going to reset this. I told you I'd I'd repeat this multiple times, and I'm going to do it again. So if you're yelling at your radio at me currently saying you've already said this, you already said this, well, I wanted to reiterate it again because I believe that the blessing in disguise phase can be used when talking about uh, the return for James Wiseman. Now, he had 14 points on uh, 16 minutes on the floor, which was, uh, you know, you hope that he's going to get a little more down the stretch, but you don't really want to rush him back uh, just coming straight from the injury. Um, But he looked so much more comfortable to me in the offense along with everybody else who continues to look more comfortable. Um, I I think that Juan Toscano-Anderson being in them starting with the small ball lineup, it opened up this weird door for the Warriors. You know, because in the in the first couple of months of the season, there were some games where they looked good, um, but also some games where, you know, other guys just looked lost. You know, Andrew Wiggins, he, you know, he's been pretty consistent uh, for a majority of the season. When Steph got back into the game uh, at the beginning of the year, Draymond started becoming the assist machine, that point forward uh, that you want him to be, that kind of point center almost now uh, because he's being put into the five role while Kevon Looney was actually uh, playing at the four last night. But it opened up this weird door to where, you know, they'd be going five out and Kelly Oubre would be forced to move and not just stick around in the corner. You know, Juan Toscano Anderson constantly having to set screens and then slip off of those screens, head for the wide open dunk. I think that with James Wiseman, it's a blessing in disguise because he's been sitting on the bench, you know, in his friend's sweatshirt, in his South Park sweatshirt, and he's been studying what's been going on on the floor because Wiseman was thrust into that starting role too. And he's a smart player and, you know, he can watch film, but he really had the time off in this past month to study film because, you know, it, it, everything's happening so quick. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, I could I could study this and be better at that, but I got to play a completely different defense coming up here. I got to focus on them. There's a lot that goes into it. This time he could really just focus on how he can improve uh, on offense. 
And I think that it really was a blessing in disguise. And I mentioned this, uh, I mentioned him already, but Kelly Oubre too. Kelly Oubre um, just looks like a completely different player in this past, past month. And Kelly Oubre, you know, as much crap as we talked about him at the beginning of the year, and I'm getting these texts at 888-957-9570 telling me that they need to move off Oubre already after the first five games of the season because he was shooting 13% from three or whatever it was. Uh, but here's Kelly Oubre talking about his improvement with his off- with this offense along with Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, when I was I was just getting better each and every day. You know, I was in the, in the gym working out, working on my craft, you know, adding tools to my bag. So, you know, God's speed in due time, those tools will be able to, you know, blossom and show. But just like each and every day, I just get better. You know, that's, I can't go a day without, you know, getting better and, you know, trying to paint for the bigger picture of my game and where I want to be. And we know about his defense. We, we you know, that's a, that's a big reason why I, I think that, um, Fans kind of stopped worrying about his three-point shot is because they realized that, oh, wait, having a wing defender is kind of important for this team. But his improvement has just grown exponentially, and then when you got him and Wiseman both who understand a little more how to play with Steph and know which spots to be in, you know, instead of instead of maybe... Ubre just sitting in the corner while you know Wiseman is setting screens and 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 Wiggins is maybe moving around Draymond directing traffic instead of sitting in the corner you know he got used to having to make those backdoor cuts and be in the right position when they were out there with that small ball starting lineup so I really think it was a blessing in disguise for both of those dudes and then Kavon Looney was just Kavon Looney you know he's always been a, a smart instinctual player um and on his 20 minutes on the floor, sure, he only had two points, uh, but he also had six rebounds and four assists, which was huge. One of them being uh, a Steph Curry three, which was just sick. But I-, I do think that his presence on the floor alone is just good for the Warriors. And really, that win last night, I know the Knicks aren't a good scoring team, but they were scoring pretty damn well last night. And now the Warriors uh, were a- have a top four defensive rating in the league while the Knicks also have a very high defensive rating as well very very good win in my opinion uh, uh last night from the 510 that steal at the end of the game was Andre Iguodala-esque I love that I love that totally totally because you know he already had the dunk on Randall and um and you know and you're going on the other end of the floor and Randall tries to take it to the hoop and he just you know, you know when he stole the basketball, it looked like he stole Randall's soul. It was great but, uh, at the beginning of the game with Randall, you know, getting that all-star uh, selection. Randall's been awesome, I think, this year. And, you know, we could get into all-star snubs, blah, blah, blah. But I do think uh, there's a lot of guys who are deserving and Randall being one of them, because if Randall didn't make it, then we would be looking at him as a snub. You know, it just it, it always goes uh, back and forth, back and forth. But um, it was cool. Before the game, if you didn't see it, they had uh, his mom announce that he was going to be selected for the All-Star game. And, and that sort of stuff's great. But at the end of the game, when when Oubre just snatched the ball out of his hands when he's driving to the hoop, used his footwork uh, to go down to the basket, I mean, it looked like he just took away all of his... Just It, it looked like he took away all of his confidence. And then, you know subsequently Julius Randle would get another technical and then get ejected with 17 seconds left in the game. Um, that was a, uh, a, a, a funny moment. And I want to mention this. Steve Kerr talked about having fans in the arena, and I want to tie that into this block that Kelly Oubre had. First, let's hear from Steve Kerr talking about having fans in the arena. I'm glad you brought this block up because I wanted to get to this before the end of the show. Fans were literally on their feet screaming. I think there were only about 2,000 people in there, but it was so great to feel energy. And and it reminded me that this is all going to be over at some point. And I can't wait to see packed houses, especially at Chase. And I'm so excited for everybody to come to games and to feel the energy of, of a Warriors game, you know, when this is over. And 
I know our fans are desperately looking forward to that. And, you know, I just want to encourage everybody to stay with it. You know, keep wearing masks, go get vaccinated. Let's pull for each other and do this together. And uh, hopefully before too long, we'll, we'll be able to have, have a packed house again. And we all look forward to that. And it, will, it, it would be great. But listen to Kelly Oubre after the game talking about when he got that block on Randall and how he kind of faked him out. You know how he looked like he was going to hand the ball to Randall, like, hey, here you go. You can have it back. You guys aren't going to win anyway. Well, uh, here's here's Oubre talking about why he faked him out at the end of the game. No, I didn't feel sorry for him. It was just, I mean, it was the atmosphere, the energy in the arena. You know, it was kind of like some showmanship. Not just love performing, so I guess you know people thought that was funny. Damn, and so when I hear Kerr, you know, talk about fans in Chase Center, I didn't, I, I haven't really thought about that to be honest a lot this season, you know, because it's just such a, it's just such the norm now that we don't have fans in the stands. I haven't really thought about what it would be like um, when they are back at Chase, and um, you know, Kelly Oubre putting on a performance for these Knicks fans. I think he's the type of dude um, that feeds off the energy of the crowd and ultimately um, will play better because of it and will play with uh, the energy that he played in the closing minutes of the fourth quarter um, with fans in the stands like he hasn't without fans. I mean, there has been times... You know, we go back to the Hornets uh, game where Ubre just decided to, or uh, Ubre and Wiggins didn't jump on the ball that Draymond did, and, and and Draymond got the two technicals out of it. I don't know. It's just when I heard Ubre say that, put on a little showmanship, uh, a little performance for the fans, just made me think about what it would be like uh, with fans back at Chase Center from the seven oh seven. If Jordan Poole can play defense like Kelly Oubre or even Kent Bazemore, he'd be our backup point guard. I think that's going to be a conversation uh, that will be had going uh, in toward the second half of the season because um, something definitely needs to be done in order to uh, get that second unit back to being a, se- a a good second unit again, a serviceable second unit. That's really all we want uh, at this point. All right. That's going to do it for me. The Morning Roach with Kate Scott, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, and Bonte Hill are coming up next. Larry Brown coming up at 6.30. We got What Would You Do Wednesday coming up at 7.30. And, of course, we got Darrell Wright. They'll play a little right or wrong and get his thoughts on the game coming up at 8.15. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. Tune into the Morning Roach right now on 95.7 The Game.